right, hello everybody and welcome to The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. It's fantastic to have you guys here. You know, we've tapped into something that's been really impactful to me on an emotional, mental, spiritual level. And somebody very near and dear to me asked me if I noticed that they just weren't really diving in and embracing gratitude the way that I'm promoting it. And they were feeling a little bad, like they were feeling kind of down about the idea that they weren't necessarily using it. And they were actually starting to think, man, that they were using it wrong. They were doing something wrong. Anyway, we got into a really heavy conversation and over the last few weeks, I've started asking a lot of other people about different opinions of gratitude and I've had some thoughts and memories myself of what was happening when gratitude was more of an aloof concept or just considered as an emotion and not considered as a strategy. You know, Joe Dispenza says, and I'm going to paraphrase, this isn't a quote, um, that gratitude is the most open, receptive state we can be in. And if we're grateful for a way of being or an, or an accomplishment or a healing or, a, or a, something in our lives that's happening and we're bringing into manifest in the future, that being grateful for it puts us past the event of, of receiving it, which puts us in the most receiving state. So that's amazing. But if it's not used that way, if it's not a tool, if it's not a strategy or a method that we would use specifically with intention, it, it can be an issue, right? So I, I did a something live for the Facebook group that I started grateful and fit now for high performers. And, you know, I was initially trying to, trying to gear that towards Gen Xers, people in my generation and the idea of us really wanting to find this level of relevance in the world based on being in the middle of a lot of misinformation and confusion really that most people don't feel confused about, but there's a lot of difference of opinion. And really, you know, for the first time I've said before <clears throat> that we've kind of proven that age does not necessarily equal wisdom, right? Um, doesn't mean it doesn't. Doesn't mean that we don't get more wise with age necessarily. We certainly have that option. Um, Another Joe Dispenza thing is that he, he and then this is a this is a favorite quote I have or that I that I share is a memory with or memories without the emotional attachments is wisdom. So memories without the emotional attachment is wisdom. And, and I would have to say that's true. One of one of the things that we do is we disconnect emotion, primary emotion, from our history, from our story, from from our circumstances, 
so that we can glean the lesson instead and move forward and have a clean current level of primary emotions in our life to move forward in so that we're having more authentic experiences instead of history charged story charged experiences where we're triggered and bouncing off of other people so <clears throat> pardon me so in the realm of thinking about gratitude this is this is kind of where the story went this, this person looked at me in a very sincere way and said you know I don't practice gratitude as much I'm really cautious with it because it kept me in some really unhealthy situations it kept me in a spot where I wasn't taking care of myself and, and I and we stopped and we had a conversation well to not make it about this person and to think about my own life and to think about now things I've heard as I've investigated this further and started to ask ask people about independently is really talking about where have we used gratitude inappropriately where has it kept us away and I apply it I apply an acronym to it which is sad and sad is something I've used for other areas as well but it's and gratitude is so pertinent to this because if we're using any tool to spiritually bypass something or to avoid something or to be in denial with something blatant denial then it's not serving us well because spiritually bypassing is using a spiritual concept or principle to go around faith to go around allowing the work to happen in us for us to be clean conscious and clear-minded and feeling connected so it's different from avoidance although similar all these things are similar but it's different from avoidance because spiritual bypass in a way is an avoidance for sure but it's but it's a bypass entirely so it's not that we're necessarily avoiding it as much as we are going completely around it we're just saying we don't need to look at it at all we don't need to do the work we don't need to have the emotion or have the feeling that comes with it we can just go around it entirely so one way that I heard someone share that with me is that they didn't do a lot of work over around some family of origin type things that they were going through based on some belief systems around money and relationships and marriage that, that were handed to them you know, through their history and their generations that weren't healthy for them. And you know, there was this idea that, well, they did the best they could with what they had. And we dug a little bit like, where, where did that idea come from? And in, the case, in one of the cases of who I was speaking to, the idea came from someone else that they heard say it and it sounded good to them and they therefore used it as a spiritual bypass forgiveness gratitude for what i did get and what lessons i do get to carry forward with and forgiveness allows me to go around it entirely without doing the work well they weren't able to close the loop and they kept repeating some patterns because they weren't looking and looking at it they weren't looking in the mirror and taking ownership and making decisions to change or to do something different and that was affecting them so that's spirit that's one example of spiritual bypass and avoidance is different because we can just avoid it 
we can just avoid the feeling. We can acknowledge what what we can acknowledge a circumstance, or we can acknowledge a potential circumstance, and just avoid looking at it. We can have tension and have some kind of clue that there's something to look at. And when we're given that clue, the the idea is you might look at me leaning right. It's to lean in to whatever the discomfort is and learn from it. We lean into it to learn from it. If we lean into it and learn from it, now we're not avoiding it. The, and there's an art. It's it's it could be an art form to lean into it correctly or long just long enough to not allow ourselves to be overtaken by emotion from it again, depending on what it is that that we're leaning into or avoiding. Well, again, gratitude can help us avoid signs of things that we should pay attention to. Um, I was actually just reading some stuff and there and there was some, about relationships and there were couples who hadn't left each other because they were justifying. And I thought, well, justifying is the, the, the other side of justifying. The way we justify is by being grateful for something else in lieu of so well at least she takes care of the kids and gets them to school every day so and most of the time we're happy and we're getting along so i you know well i, I can I, I don't have to think about this and that and the other because i'm grateful for what is happening so those other things will it'll be okay that's not turning and looking at a problem own taking ownership over my behavior or my part in it and taking steps to be intentional and help things turn for a positive. It's not allowing, if, if, if we're talking on more of a spiritually based idea, it's not allowing God to, to work. It's us getting in the way of spirit working in our lives. So one of the many ways that we get in the way. Most of the time, <laughs> most of the time when there's a obstacle or block or problem in my life we i am the problem we can all say that As a matter of fact there's strategies and techniques where we go ahead and give ourselves full allowance to point at something and talk about how wrong or how bad or something else that we don't like about it and then in the end turn it and say how is this me um katie byron katie her turnaround worksheet has this it's there where you just let it all out and say whatever it is that you're unhappy about and then we then we do this work to turn it around so lots of tools that work on that so in sad we're spiritually bypassing avoiding or we're in blatant denial oh it'll be fine i my values are i believe in this i don't i i believe in togetherness i believe in harmony i believe in i don't believe in divorce or i like all these things that get into some really heavy complex topics and at the end of the day a belief in not wanting divorce can keep us in an unhealthy marriage for a long time and not focusing on addressing important concerns for each other's happiness or in each other's sustenance and fulfillment and if we start looking at hierarchy of human needs as a benchmark there's other forms of looking at the same thing of, of what human needs are today um, but if we just look at Maslow's hierarchy of human needs and we look at it you know the, the idea is that we aren't going to find that 
our individual ascended, you know, connected self at the tip of the pyramid. We're not going to individualize and become who we're meant to be if we don't have our basic safety, security, food, clothing, shelter, and a sense of ego and belonging. And you know, if we are not, if we don't have that foundation, we don't get the greater pieces that lead eventually up to self-actualization. Now, there's many, there's seven different layers to some of the charts now, and there's many other ways of looking at it, but it's all basically the same idea that when basic needs aren't met, a lot changes in our way of being and how we're doing things. So if we're in denial, we can put ourselves in worse situations by not paying attention to it. Now, denial is one of the biggest uh, challenges or or defenses or strategies that families use when there's some type of use disorder and there's a lot of work in the world against opiates and against fentanyl and other things these days to help break denial and help people in the world see that this is a problem and just like there was with smokers and the idea of showing everyone these black lungs and these terrible things that tobacco does to us when we're smoking same thing there was these campaigns to help break the denial and in our identities, when we're as in the identity of a smoker, I was a smoker for a number of years. As my identity as a smoker, as someone who used tobacco, I had a reason that I thought it was cool or that I thought it was nice or that it gave me relief or whatever it was. But really, I had a belief system that it was the only break I ever got was when I went out to have a smoke. So I'd keep working and working and working and grinding and doing whatever because that's who I was and I would have a difficult time taking a break. And when I would have a cigarette, I got to go out to a break area and sit down and have a cigarette and that gave me a break. So then I developed a lot of belief systems around that and stories around that to protect it. And then I put defenses up so that if I saw black lungs or saw some of the evidence, my denial was big. And I did use gratitude because I was grateful for how it felt. I was grateful for the freedom. I was grateful for this healthy body, this healthy ability, this divine power of cleansing and all the wonderful things my body could do that basically had me beating cancer and black lung issues and anything else because of my belief system. That's what I, that's what I told myself. Well, I'm denying that my lungs aren't getting, that aren't breathing as well. And I'm denying, so I'm denying that it's even a p potential possibility. And gratitude is a small piece of that. So here's the, here's the thing. If you're feeling, or if you know someone that's feeling resistant to really utilizing gratitude as a strategy, they might have a pain. They might have a piece of shame or a piece of pain or a piece of uh, an obstacle or something where in their mind, it just didn't work well for them because they, there might be a piece of them that doesn't feel good about themselves and we can rally with them and help them understand what's happening. We can be understanding, kind, and compassionate and help them see that. It's the person who said that to me is courageous, is a powerful 
successful person. And they just really humbly were, hey, gratitude doesn't really work for me. It gets me in more trouble than it does me good. So they just hadn't unlocked and understood the proper use of it that creates the major change that allows us to be in that open receiving place. And really, they were using some other talents and skills of theirs to find the same thing and call it something a little bit different. So sometimes this is about getting on the same page with the meaning of things, not necessarily the meaning of things, but what we make up when we hear the word. Because it can mean one thing in a dictionary and we still make something up about it when we hear it. Today, when you hear smoker, or if I identify that I had been a smoker, there's like this, oh. <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh. You know, that, that that's off-putting because so many people understand today and are clear today that that's something damaging and people who are doing that aren't typically really part of the smarter groups in the world. Now, it's different internationally. That's just in a small subculture that we live in. But internationally, that's not necessarily the true, the, tr the truth and how people behave. But that's what I've seen here. Um, and I've had people when I fessed up to the fact that I was a smoker for a long time. Um, but there's more to that story. And there's more to the story of what happened with my heart and the healing and the other things that were happening in my heart and why I couldn't stop. Because for me, I couldn't stop because there was something going on in my heart that wasn't enabling the part of my heart that sends the signals to the brain to counter cortisol and the negative effects of stress. The blood wasn't pumping there. I had a collapsed artery and it was clogged or whatever we call that. And they had to go in and put a stent in. And it was right there where that was happening. So the heart wasn't keeping up and able to pump the blood and get the message up to the brain to counter the cortisol. And therefore, I was continuing to smoke. So that was... A disaster waiting to happen had I stayed in denial and not chosen to address that it could have been a problem now an interesting fact of that is that one of the key strategies I used to stop smoking once well it was you know, three, two to two and a half three months before I ended up in the hospital needing the repair done in my heart was gratitude it was a gratitude for my ability to breathe It was a gratitude for the ability to not have to worry so much about how I smelled. Because the last few years of smoking, I did not smoke anytime anyone could smell it. I smoked in the morning before I took a shower. I smoked in the evening before I went to bed. And I always took a shower afterwards. And I'd occasionally smoke outside during the day when I knew I could get wind and hand washing and other things in my favor to not be immersed in the smoke and smell like it. So. Of all the people I know in the world, I think I did a decent job of not smelling like it, but it was a constant stress. So I had this gratitude of relief of not having to do that, but I was embarrassed that I couldn't stop. I was embarrassed. Now, how much faster would we have found out that there was something going on had I just talked about it more openly, but I kind of backed myself into a corner because I didn't want to let anyone know I couldn't stop. So that brings us to a whole nother point of when we're using some of these skills to work around something, we're missing something, right? So for me, I was going outside of my standard. My standard of living since I've been 20 years old has been one to live in a way that I don't have anything to hide. 
Who wants to live that way where you don't have to walk, where you don't have to worry about who's walking on the other side of the street? You never have to worry about who's going to show up or who you're going to run into or who you're going to see. You're constantly having this feeling of freedom everywhere we go. I love living a way where I can feel that sense of freedom. I always have. But that became incongruent for me in trying to stop using tobacco. I let my standards drop because I have a standard of living in a way where I don't have anything to hide. Now, that doesn't mean I went through a younger time in life where I also didn't have many boundaries with that and I'd tell everybody anything. But And that's changed over time, right? Because we live and learn. And I, don't, and, and I can feel good about those lessons now instead of having any shame over the story of how that might have been a problem. So if you know anyone, you know, I, I'm big at, at believing in something about people's innate beauty, significance, and unique gifts and strengths. Being who we are is supernatural, amazing, unique, special, gifted, Everyone has something that they're gifted in. There's, a in. there's this intense understanding and belief in that and doing that, being that person. That's, where we, that's who we are. And that comes with standards and that comes with values and that comes with choices. And to do that, it's important to be intentional because the world can and will adjust and make things for us if we don't make up our minds ourselves. And I didn't want to be a person who ended up anywhere. I wanted to be a person that if I went, if I, if, if I ended up in a situation, ended up, that I put myself there and I could claim it and, and feel and, and own it. And things still happened that I felt resistant to that idea and wanted to, whew, some things get difficult to look at. You know, they, they just are, they can be challenging. But that's when we get to stand up to stand up to whatever pressure we're feeling and then choose to live up to our standard and to be the unique special version of ourselves that only we can be so believing in these innate strengths that everyone has and this amazing ninja superpower that everyone has and everyone has something slightly different about them that is unique, special, and wonderful. That is a belief and that becomes a standard and it is in the world of gratitude something to aspire to and something to learn to be grateful for that aims everything in a positive and proper direction. In order to not avoid Right? So now we go to the other side of avoidance. In order to not avoid standing up for what we believe in. In order to not allow denial to cover us with what is special and unique about us. To not allow circumstances, opinions, viewpoints, anything tell us something different when we and in and, and our inner knowing of who we are. So 
everything is feedback and we can listen. But, and, it's not but, and we get to use gratitude and other things to avoid, avoid running from something we believe in. So there's that balance between not shrinking from the values and standards and things we believe in, not hiding from it, not shrinking from it, not walking away, and also living up to a standard that we have of what type of integrity we want to have, what type of kindness, what level of understanding, compassion, decisiveness, fast action, whatever it is that we value, <clears throat> living up to that and not shrinking when we're faced with a difficult situation. The, you know, a lot of people say that the best decisions are oftentimes the most challenging, difficult, or hard decisions. I would say on a human level, that's true. That, that there's a lot of truth to that. I've experienced that. And looking in the mirror, I'm the one that's making that decision to allow it to be something to overcome instead of just something that I do. And it's my practice that allows me to be more comfortable with it over time. And if I shrink from the standard, it becomes more difficult to practice the right thing. So my choices create my ability to live up to that standard and how I communicate to myself. It's not about what I do for other people. It's how I communicate within my conscious and unconscious mind and my total being of self. It's how each of us communicates to ourselves based on our actions of when we stand up to these decisions and choose what might seem more challenging from a place of faith and conviction and intuitive collective wisdom that we listen for on a regular basis through other intentional practices where gratitude is an absolute super ninja power. You know, Joe Dispenza is mapping what's happening in the mind when people are successfully allowing themselves, creating the inner environment where the body self heals and where limitations are immediately removed. He's mapping that scientifically in the brain, looking at what's happening in the body. So he can tell people, his team can tell people when they're hitting that, when they're succeeding at making that happen. It doesn't make faith any different. People have been believing it for thousands of years. Now he can put brain mapping to it and help people understand when it's working and when it's not based on that. That's cool. It doesn't mean that we can't do it with faith. It doesn't mean that we haven't been able to do it all along. But again, it's is us that makes it difficult. It is me that makes my life difficult and or my standing up to a standard difficult. So I'm going to pull it to a close here. I think this was a really uh, pertinent topic as far as reaching gratitude. If you're watching this for the first time, uh, I dug right into the meat of it. I was pretty excited to talk about this. Um, if, if you're getting anything out of these out of these podcasts, I, I'm you know leave a comment, uh, DM me in a chat, get a hold of me. I, if you have anything you'd like to talk about or hear about. I'd love to do that. 
Um, we're saving lives here. We're helping people change their esteem. And we're doing that by helping highly successful, helping people who are really making things happen in the world excel and get everything they want. And in doing that, we're punching holes in the universe that allows other people to see the way. And we're helping all people rise. I, I invite you to come and to go to, um, or DM me to get it or whatever, but go to the social media page, go to Grateful and Fit Now for high performers or go to, you know, Spikes Jeff in Instagram or Grateful Fit Now in Instagram. Go to, you know, the links are on the, all my links and stuff are in the, in the show notes. But go check it out and get the ebook Designing Your Strengths. Get that ebook Designing Your Strengths because that's where we're unlocking the keys of what's amazingly great about every individual creating this platform and this environment to find out what's amazingly creative and an individual about you. And then helping you aim it at short-term goals to practice and to get precise in how we're designing that best part of ourselves and how we achieve things. And that ends up being extremely useful when automating. And in our groups, we apply different techniques, coaching techniques and hip, hip, not hip, hypnosis type techniques with NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and um, some a few other methods to help kind of rewire and create new neural pathways. And we're creating the room and the ability and the vision that's making room for everybody uh, because we don't do this alone. And grab that ebook and if you want, and, and grab the upsell and we'll add the Clifton strengths and we'll add some processing questions and help really help create this big picture. And you can then join our weekly calls on strengths designing where we actually join together in these calls and collaborate on helping each other design strengths aimed at goals we're passionate about, which is how we get the most rhythm and the most uh, leverage in the personal work that we do. And let's get about changing this world and making sure that everybody out there knows how special and wonderful they are because there's too many people that don't know that and they're choosing different things. They're choosing different ways to live. And the more of us that come together, I'm gonna to say one more thing as I end. There's this idea that, well, I don't really need help. I don't really need to do this. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe you're doing anything elite or epic in this world, then you're right. You don't need anything. You can be average, you can be normal, you can be standard, you know? not live up to a standard you can just be a standard issue person and get by and live how you want to live and hope it all turns out all right there's plenty of people doing that there is there's there's no issue there but there's a lot of people that aren't feeling good about themselves and that are living in that in in a place of self-wallow and lack of self-belief and really more than lack of self-belief, a negative intention powered down on ourselves. And if you're in that middle zone where you're achieving and you're good enough and everything's good, this is, all, this is a call to action so that you can lift up those other people. When you're a high-performing athlete, when you're in, if you think back to high school and you think about the athletes and the performers, coaches and people paid attention to them and surrounded them if they had any type of talent 
because they wanted to harvest that talent and be a part of something that was positive, something that was good, something that they could feel that they were a part of that was a win. So if you think that you're a win, you don't need help, but it's really good to get some around you to make sure it happens and it happens in a great way. But if you don't believe you're doing anything epic, you probably don't, you're probably right. You probably don't need it. If you're not going to lift anyone else up around you higher than the level that you're at, you probably don't need it. But if you believe in this greatness and the superpower that every individual has, and you know that what you're up to is something super, you're up to something special, you're up to something unique, there's a purpose and a vision for your life, there's an impact that you're meant to make, whether it be on one person, 10 people, or 10,000 people, doesn't doesn't really matter. Quit worrying about who needs help with what and just get get involved. Get involved in this community or another community that sings to you and helps you feel great about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing and together we'll win. Together we'll win anything we want to win. Find some people that have similar standards of living. Is the only way to measure up to it is to do it together. It's been my experience. So, everyone have a great rest of your drive, rest of your week, <laughs> rest of your workout if you're in the gym, and we'll see you next time on the Point. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of the Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.